Hey, so thanks so much for joining me today. Today we're going to be talking about going the extra mile. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you saw that when we gathered in your name, that you would be here. So we expect that you are. We thank you and praise you that you want to teach us, that you're calling us up to your higher way to go out and to do those things that you called us to do. And so we're just expecting to receive from you today wisdom, revelation, knowledge, your thoughts. We love you and we praise you and give you all the glory. In your name we pray. In your name, in your precious name we pray. Amen. He's so good. He's so in love with us. And he's asking us to come up higher. He's asking us to come up to his standards. You know, he, he was showing me that we are just so ordinary and we just like fit in with the world and we're called to do extraordinary things and he's calling us to care i remember a while back he said i need you to care about my people i need you to care more about as much as you care about them as you do your family and we tend to do that we just care about our family and he's calling us to be extraordinary people to stand out and to do his great works. You know, in Luke 10, he sent out the disciples two by two. And I was thinking about how close they were to him and how they just left everything. And um, yesterday I was thinking about how they spent so much time with him that when he said he was going, they were grieving because he said, don't grieve. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And so they were that close, and that is as close as God is calling us to be to him, to spend so much time with him that we actually care about what he cares about, right? When you love someone, you care about what they care about. And that's when he was actually showing me that when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, then you care about what he cares about. And so he's, he's asking us to come out from among them. He's asking us to, just like the disciples did, they left their jobs, you know, they left everything because they could see that love in Jesus. And that's what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to just leave everything and care what he cares about. You know, so many people are in sick and in need. And that's what he was saying. Um, and actually, Matthew 9, 38 when Jesus went about the cities, 935, when he went about the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, the news, um, the good news, the kingdom, and curing all kinds of diseases and every weaknesses and, and infirmities, when he saw the throngs, he was moved with pity and sympathy for them because they were bewildered, harassed and distressed and dejected, helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is indeed plentiful, but the labors are few. He was moved with compassion for those people. And he is moved today with compassion for them. And he is asking us, as he did this, the disciples, to go and to do his work. But, you know, he was showing me that we're just so self-centered and we just think about us. And I know a few times I was out and about and he asked me to lay hands on someone or a few people. And the first thing I think about is myself and what if nothing happens and um, what if that person rejects me and, you know, what if this and what if that? And, you know, God is saying we're like that. We're just so 
self-absorbed. We're just thinking of ourselves. I know I don't always have that sweet message that people want to hear that we're okay where we are. We're not okay where we are. And if you ask Jesus to correct you every day, he will. And it brings us up higher, and it's a good thing to be corrected. And so I just hope and pray that you would just receive this message as him talking to you. He's talking to us. We're the disciples, and he has compassion for those people. You know, one of the other things I always think is that those people don't want to hear it. And some really don't. But I think like Jesus said, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Yet we get sucked into that lie by the enemy. You know, we're thinking, well, they're not going to listen. They don't want it. Um, You know, people don't want to hear about religion, but we shouldn't even be religious. We should be those Christians. We should be those extraordinary Christians with the power of God on the inside of us going and doing that extra mile, going that extra way. You know, they should see that light in us, but we just blend in. We just care about what we care about. You know, we might extend a little love here and there and just thinking about that tomorrow's Valentine's Day. So kind of a perfect message. He's asking us to love for him. He left here and he's calling us to do his work. He said to the disciples, now you go and you do what I was doing. So the other thing he was talking to me about this morning is how we are so influenced by the enemy. And, you know, just like in the garden, just like way back in the beginning, he tricked Adam and Eve and he's still tricking us today. He said, did God really say? And he got them to disobey God and he gave Uh, They gave Satan the authority that God gave them. And then Jesus came and he got it back. And he said, all power and authority has been given unto me. Now I'm giving it to you. And whatever you bind, you'll be bound. And whatever you loose, loosed. But we just let the enemy control us because we're unaware or ignorant of his wiles. We just, he he still is in control, even though Jesus... um, got that authority and gave it to us, and we're really in control. He's in control because we don't know we're in control, and we don't know our enemy, which reminds me, um, God pointed out to me that I had prayed that I would recognize the enemy because he played so many tricks on me, and I got so sick of it. I was like, God, I need to know. I need to know my enemy. You need to show me, and you know, he did. He did, and I'm starting to see things I didn't see before. I'm starting to see how he um, harasses people and how he tries to trick me. Only I can see it now um, because I asked. Remember how when Jesus was here, he he knew everything. He he just he already knew. You know, he'd walk up and he'd say, "Get out of him," and he would tell Satan and his little um, workers what to do all the time. He recognized them. He knew everything. He's like, how long am I going to put up with you? Oh, you of little faith, when those disciples didn't cast a demon out of a little boy. And God is calling us to be in that place. He's not holding out on us. But we got Satan making us think we're not good enough and we can't do it. And really, when he's our God, how is that going to happen? You know, we we bow down to him. We bow down to our flesh. We bow down to the things of the world 
that, and Satan is leading us in that. I always just think of him as having a leash on us, and he's yanking us around, and we should be having a leash on him and yanking him around. Jesus gave us that authority, but we're doing the opposite thing. And so God is saying today, go the extra mile. Don't just be an ordinary Christian. Don't blend in. Don't be so self-absorbed with yourself. Don't worry when I ask you to go lay hands on someone. It's me and you. It's not you. You don't have to be good enough. Uh, it doesn't matter if they rejected if they reject you because they rejected me first. I think it's an exciting thing that he is asking us to carry his power around and do his work. He wants to anoint us to go and to do his work. And so we have to be willing to have some surgery. You know, we have to be willing to let him perfect us. Like, let you in on, you know, what the enemy's doing. Help you to recognize him so you don't follow after him. Help him to have that, ask him to help you to have that understanding of your authority and how we are to be ruling and reigning on the earth as his disciples. And again, you know, we just live such a mundane, boring, fitting in life. We're always trying to fit in. We're always, you know, that's, that's the thing that we don't recognize by the enemy is he's always whispering things in our ear. You know, he paints pictures in our mind. He talks to us. That's how he communicates with us. Yeah, through things we see outside um, and through other people, but in our minds is where he comes and he tries to make us think um, the opposed of what is truth. What is what we're supposed to be doing? He he's trying to talk us into fitting in, and we're not to fit in. Jesus didn't fit in, and Jesus lived in heaven on the earth, and he's calling us to be like him, to do what he did. He's calling us to be extravagant. He's calling us to just believe what he said and go and do it. And that's how revival's going to start. We can't have revival when we're following after the enemy. We have food as our God, clothes as our God, money as our God, stuff as our God. We're concerned of us. Jesus said, stop running around in circles trying to, well, this is my version. He says, stop worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear, because God is just going to add it to you. But Satan has us so focused on stuff, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear, that um, when he calls us to go do something, we're just still thinking about that instead of thinking about what he wants, instead of caring about what he cares about, instead of having compassion on those people like we read here. He said he was moved with compassion. And um, they were bewildered, distressed, and harassed, and helpless. And they were like sheep without a shepherd. They're looking for a shepherd, and that's why he's, he's saying, the harvest is there, but where are the workers? Where are the workers? You know, the disciples, they followed him everywhere. And you might be thinking, well, it was easy, you know, he was there, but they went places without him. They really did. And they didn't have him living on the inside like we do. I want to read some of this too. Um, Luke chapter 10. Now, after this, the Lord chose and appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him, two by two in every town and place um, where he himself was about to come. Now, so many people use this argument. Well, they were they were the 12 disciples, and they were special, and God only used them, and it's not for today. 
Well, right here it says he sent out 70. And you know, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's talking to you and to me. If you're a Christ follower, you're a disciple. Just want to clear that up a little bit. And he said to them, the harvest is indeed is abundant and there is much ripe grain, but the farm the farmhands are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. And so, yeah, maybe you are going to get rejected, but that's okay. I remember once I was rejected at church by the staff and um, it hurt so bad because I was doing what God was telling me to do. And I came home like a little baby and started crying because I was persecuted for doing what Jesus told me to do. And he just like said to me, he said, that's how I felt. Now you know how I felt. And he put his arms around me and made me feel better. And so we are to expect to be rejected. We're not going to be accepted. And that's why the enemy tells us that lie that, oh man, you need to fit in, be quiet, don't tell them. Don't start any trouble. You're not supposed to talk about religion. God isn't a religious person. He isn't. He's he's a God of love. And he changes your life. He's not a God. He's not a symbol. He's not a religion. He, he's, he's real. He's a person. And he comes and lives on the inside of you. And it's his power that does that thing in you. And you're not going to blend in with other people, and maybe not even the church. Think of all the times that Jesus got kicked out of the church. He, his ministry was on the street. He had a street ministry. And so don't be so bent out of shape when you go to church and you do what Jesus tells you to do and they kick you out. And, or you just, you just are told even by Jesus to leave. Shake the dust off of your heels as a testimony against them. Go your way, behold, I send you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse or provision, no change of sandals. Refrain from retarding and journey by saluting and wishing anyone well along the way. Whatever house you enter, say first, peace be to this household. Freedom from all distress that results from sin be with this family. And if anyone worthy of peace and blessedness is there, the peace and blessedness you wish will come upon you, but if not, it shall come back to you. And stay on the same, stay, stay in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whenever you go into a town and they receive and accept you and welcome you, eat what is set before you, and heal the sick in it, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come close to you. He told them to heal the sick. And that's what he's telling us to do. And they just went and did it. And we're dragging our heels thinking we can't. But he's saying, go heal sick. Whenever you go into town, and don't worry, I am preaching to myself too. I don't have it all together. But this is a word that I have from the Lord. And it's not, I never have these feel-good messages. They're always convicting, and they convict me too. So just join me in that conviction. But whenever you go into a town and they don't receive and accept and welcome you, go out to its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to your feet are wiping off against you. And um, you know and understand this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. 
wow, huh? And I tell you, it shall be more tolerable on the day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Bethesda, for if the mighty miracles performed in, in you had performed in Tyre and Sidon, and I might not be pronouncing these right, so sorry about that. They would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. However, it shall be more tolerable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, in Capernaum, will be exalted into heaven. You shall be brought down to Hades in the regions of the dead. He who hears and heeds you, disciples, hears and heeds me. And he who slights and rejects and, and slights, slights and rejects me. And he who slights and rejects me, slights and rejects him who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning, flash from heaven. Behold, I have given you all, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy possesses, and nothing shall in any way harm you. There you got it. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that the, your names are enrolled in heaven. That is the most important thing, that you're going to make it to heaven. But I wanted, and yeah, and a lot of people think just anybody makes it, but he's not saying that, so I'll just absorb that a little bit. But in verse 19, behold, I have given you authority and power to trample on serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability to overcome the power of the enemy the enemy possesses and nothing shall by any way harm you so it's an exciting word and god is calling us out and we don't have to be anyone special in fact um peter and some of the other ones were unschooled unlearned and they were just full of the spirit full of god's wisdom his power to go and to do his work and so are you and so am i and so that is the word I have today, that God is calling us to go the extra mile, not just be a normal, quiet, keep-to-yourself Christian. I always wanted to be that. Every time I went to church, I asked God if I could just sit in the back and be quiet. And you know what he said to me? He said, why go? Because he always had a word for me to give, and that's why he, he took me there, and that's what he called me to do. And some of the churches don't like that. And um, so anyway... I, it made me want to sit in the back and be quiet. And so enough of that. Anyway, so God is calling us not to be quiet, to get up and to be like him. Jesus wasn't quiet. He went out and he did the work of the Father. And God is calling us to do the same thing, to do that work, to be extraordinary, not to be quiet, sitting in the back, knowing stuff and keeping it to yourself, but getting up and going and doing that work. And you know this last verse that we read? Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the serpents are subject to you. That's one good point. But rejoice that your names are enrolled in heaven. And, you know, I know everybody thinks that um, we go to heaven, and you can think what you want to think. But if you look in the Bible and um, look at the things that Jesus said, like if you didn't obey him, and isn't believing in him and going and doing his work, obeying him. And so if we don't do that, is that what he was talking about in that instance? And I just want you to think about that. I'm not saying you're going to heaven or you're not going to heaven, 
But you want to make sure that you do everything he said. And I'll just um, reference Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Jesus said, many on that day are going to say to me, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. And I'm going to say, away from me, away from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And so if we're to go out and to do his work, to lay hands on the sick and cast out demons, if we're to live an extraordinary life, which would be that, and we don't, is he going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness? If we don't care about what he cares about, is he going to say, away from me, I never knew you? You who practice lawlessness and the disciples are, not the disciples, but the people that he said he was talking to are going to say to him, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he's going to say, I didn't know you. So, I mean, Bible says you break one law, you broke all law. So I don't know if you can cast out a demon and um, break another law at the same time. I suppose you can, because um, if you are lying or you're out of your love walk, yet at one time you casted out a demon, you know, you, you're, you're guilty of all the law. James um, one twenty two, I believe. Anyway, no, James 2.10. Well, I'll reference that. So God is good and he's asking us to do his work. He's asking us to go for him. He's asking us to go that extra mile, that extra way. He's asking us to not be ordinary but to be extraordinary and follow that command to go and to do his work, to live this life, come out from among them, live this life separate. It's temporary. And we're all going to stand before him one day. And you want him to say that, um, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You want him to say that you did what I called you to do. So whatever he's putting in your heart to do, make sure that you are doing it so that when you stand before him that day, it'll be good news. If you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, then I just want to pray with you today. I don't want to let these moments go by without extending um, this invitation to you. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, he said, he is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. And if you let him come in, if you invite him in, he's going to come in and he's going to hang out with you. I say that because it says he, he, he will dine with you. And so he's going to come in and he's going to show you who he is. And he's going to perfect you and send you out, just like we talked about, to do his work, to do the thing that you were created to do for him. And, you know, he has all different places and all different jobs for us to do. And so whatever that is, he's going to make that real to you. But he's asking us to have compassion on the people that don't know him. So if you didn't know him before, you're going to get to know him. And then he wants you to have compassion on those around you, those he puts in your path that don't know him. He has compassion for them. And so many people are confused, and maybe you're confused. And after saying this prayer, you're not going to be confused anymore because when you're born in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, and then everything is different. You live different, you see different, and you live different because you see different. He shows you who he is and what life is really about. And so that is their answer, that is your answer. So if you never asked him to come and live on the inside of you, then um, we're going to say that prayer in a minute. I just want to point out that John 1.1 says he is his word. 
So to get to know him after we say this prayer, you got to get to know the word of God. And then you want to apply that word to your life. You want to be in agreement with him. And um, Isaiah tells us he bore sickness, our disease, our sorrow, our pain. He gave up his life for you and for me so that we could be right with the Father. So we didn't have to um, experience death. He experienced death for us. So when we leave here, we're just going to move in with him. He's preparing us here and now. When you get born again, he's going to start getting you ready for heaven to fit into the kingdom of God. And you can start living in the kingdom of God right here and right now on the earth like he did. So if you never said that prayer, let's do that. Jesus, we thank you so much that you love us so much. We're asking you to come and live on the inside of us and be our God. We're asking you to just fill us with your spirit and and just to overflowing. And thank you that now we can see what we couldn't see before. Help us to know you, to recognize your voice, and also to recognize the voice of the enemy, to recognize his loss. We thank you and praise you that you said when all we had to do is ask, and you would come on in and you'd hang out with us. And we're just asking you to do that. And we thank you that you are so faithful. And we're asking that you would help us be that faithful to you. I love you. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. He's so good. He's so in love with you. If you said that prayer, I love it so much. If you let me know. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you.